Hello and welcome to the first ever Midweek Exception mini podcast. Um, the format for this is basically we're going to go over some of the games, if not all of the games that have happened in the playoffs already, give some general observations, um, I guess like what to look forward to throughout the rest of these like first round series. So joining me today is Grant. Yes, I'm here. John, I really want you to be a little more excited. It's playoff basketball time. It's 420. Like, l- let's get happy. Let's oh, get gosh. up. Let's get some uh, let's get some energy on this pod. Come well, on. The thing is, is I- I'll go into why I'm kind of like uh, in a second. Um, also with me is Justin. Hey, what's up, guys? And I am John, who uh, apparently sounds a little bit pessimistic. And that's because, honestly, this first these first games we've seen so far in the playoffs have all been a little bit underwhelming to me. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but for some reason, like none of these games, except for maybe golden state and Pelicans were games that were like, typically were, were terribly exciting. Um, so I don't know how you guys have felt about this so far. Yeah. I was thoroughly disappointed with the games, but in that same sentiment, I, did like how I was surprised a little bit. Like, if you look at San Antonio versus Clippers, a lot of people kind of started expecting San Antonio to end up winning, kind of run away with. I liked seeing the Clippers have a dominant performance. Like, there's still entertainment value in every series, I think, except Brooklyn, Atlanta. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's the one series that puts something on Facebook where it's like, if the NBA wants to turn people away from watching basketball, a good thing to do is to air games that feature the Hawks and the Nets like there is nothing redeeming to be found in that but um I guess before we dive into like a ton of basketball talk I want to give a shout out to the our baseball podcast um from our last episode I obviously did a little bit of a, a thing about them but they're a really really great podcast for getting back into baseball or getting into baseball I guess if you're a person who uh never was really into it so yeah it's an exciting time right now for me anyway Chris Bryant got called up for uh the Cubs so yeah, so I want to give them a little shout out before we dove really deep into NBA talk. So do you guys have like a preferred format as to how we go about this? Should we start from the first game on Saturday and go to the last one on Sunday? Yeah, that, yeah. that works. Should we uh, do the one piece of NBA news before that, though? There's one, uh, an award got announced today. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you want to go ahead and give that to us? Against uh, my will, Lou will was voted sixth man of the year. Um, I was pulling for Isaiah Thomas. He uh, he finished second. But all in all, Lou Williams, I mean, he definitely had a deserving year. I just thought Isaiah Thomas outplayed him. At the same time, though, again, good season. A huge part of the Raptors uh, this season. Without uh, him, they uh, probably would have collapsed a lot more than they kind of did in midseason. But I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, it's one of those things where with our last podcast, we dove into all of our awards and stuff. And I was reading some people's comments about this because there's a lot of people that feel the same way that we do, Grant, where we want Isaiah Thomas to win. But a lot of people were there. Sorry about that. Their commentary is basically that Isaiah Thomas would have gotten six man of the year if he had been this good throughout the season. But it's not the six man of two months. You know, which I think I can agree with that sentiment in a sense, but also I I really was pulling for him just because of what that Celtics team became. But uh, Lou Williams is a a solid pick, I think. Yeah, I mean, 
I admitted to this during uh, the podcast, the last midweek exception where we talked about the picks. I haven't really been following the six man of the year race, but I did get this right, picking Lou Williams and then Isaiah Thomas, and then I think it was Jamal Crawford. So, I mean, I'm happy I got it right, but I don't really have an opinion on it since I didn't really have an opinion on it to begin with. Just kind of guessed it. Yeah, for sure. Grant, uh, any more you want to say about that? Uh, final thoughts or anything? I mean, I, I understand that there's probably a recency bias. If uh, people listen to our uh, like end-of-the-year awards and playoff preview, I think uh, I accepted the fact that a few of my votes fell victim to recency bias. Did Drake pick the sixth man of the year? Ill- Illuminati confirmed from that, yeah. one, from that one song. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's oh, got no. all this so much influence. Drake is taking over the NBA. Yeah, so it's gotta be like what Drake, Jay Z, the Illuminati right now. It's gotta Basically. be more. Basically, Kanye West eventually. Kanye West. No, eventually. Kanye's too busy doing art to help the Bulls at all. That's why <laughs> Derek's gone down. Is the power clap since it uses the song power? Did it, it, I mean, he obviously must have given them rights to use it, but I don't know. I wish there'd be a little more variation on it. Anyway. Well, well, I mean, the song is different because he goes, when the NL walk in, everybody do the power clap. That's like its own unique line. That's true. Is that Kanye saying it, though? Yeah, I thought so. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Huh. Anyway. Well, so review, review the tape. Whatever. Yeah, well, the review, yeah, we'll review the tape. Um, so the first matchup to kick off the NBA playoffs was the Washington Wizards facing off against the Toronto Raptors. And, uh... The game went into overtime. The Wizards ended up winning 93-86. to 86. Um, Surprisingly, the big story for uh, any player on the Wizards was Paul Pierce putting up 20 points, which I did not see that coming. Um, frankly, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I have this weird tainted opinion of Paul Pierce or something from this season, but uh does not seem like the kind of player who's going to put up 20 points and be the leading scorer for the Wizards, but uh, he's able to pull through, especially coming off that whole controversy and drama with him saying that the Raptors don't have it. More like the Crafters. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so... To, go ahead. I was just going to say, to be fair, I kind of expected it because I love it. I love when Paul Pierce... I was hoping for a repeat of last year where Paul, where Paul Pierce just pulls out and has great games in the playoffs against the Raptors and shuts them out. Even though I didn't pick the Raptors to win this series, I, st- oh, yeah. I just w- I want to see it because I love I love Paul Pierce as an actual dinosaur crapping on dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. So um, for the for the Raptors, I mean, they had five players who got into double digits for scoring, but uh, most notably, I guess, would be DeMar DeRozan, 15 points, 11 boards, Amir Johnson, 18 points. Um. You know, after watching that game, I just, and then also notable is that Kyle Lowry fought, uh, fouled out of the game in the fourth quarter, I believe. Um, yeah, you know, I picked Washington to win the series. I'm going to stick by it, I think. It, it'll be closer than this, because it seemed like kind of throughout most of the game until that fourth quarter, it was very, uh, it, it seemed like Washington just had it. Um Grievous Vasquez had like a very clutch three pointer that yeah. tied the game up. Yeah, he drilled a three like late in the fourth quarter to tie it up, and uh, yeah, you know it's it's one of those games that I I don't know I I, I was like half watching the things that went into overtime, so by all means it should have been exciting, but like that probably just didn't really care because like 
neither of these teams really fascinate me that much. I mean, seeing them fall off so much in the during the regular season was kind of interesting, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm still going with Washington. I think that they are just a significantly better team uh, as of right now going into this playoffs. And I don't know. No, you're definitely right. Um, I sticking. I'm sticking with my Washington Wizards pick uh, with certainty. I think this is just an ugly series. Like you said, it went at OT, so on paper it looks like it should have been a good game, but it was actually pretty terrible to watch. It was just really ugly basketball. Both teams were trying to fast break the hell out of each other and were just shooting up bricks, missing open layups. Uh, the second half was a little bit better. Um, but I'm surprised this game even got into the 80s. I really thought it was going to be like a 77-75 finish the way it was coming down towards the end. And the Raptors just did not look good. I mean, we'll see if that changes. But the Wizards just look more equipped to play playoff basketball and stay on uh, half-court basketball. So going forward, I still think the Raptors will get a game. Prob- I mean, at least two games. Maybe it'll go to game seven. But Wiz and six seems the most likely to me. Yeah, definitely. And I'd also like to say that uh, the overtime was actually really pretty boring because they the Raptors didn't score almost the entire overtime. They scored very late. Because I believe, from what I remember, it was the Wizards came out scoring and they got quite a big lead. And then maybe in like the last two minutes or so, the Raptors got their first bucket. It was yeah. like, finally. It was kind of weird. So it wasn't very exciting. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, I'm looking now, and I think it was within the last like 30 seconds. I think the Raptors were able to string together four points, in the final like mi- like minute or whatever of the game. So, yeah, it's one of those games, not particularly fascinating. But uh, moving on, I guess I think that was a little bit more exciting was the Pel- the uh, Pelicans and Golden in the uh, Golden State Warriors where the Pelicans unfortunately fell to them despite a surge at the very end of the game, one hundred six to ninety nine. So, what did you guys really make of this game? I mean, it was impressive to see the Pelicans fight back in the fourth quarter, and it's a combination of Anthony Davis just going off, and also the Warriors were playing kind of sloppy and lazy. They got a little bit too comfortable, I think, with their uh, lead that they were able to maintain throughout the game because there were points where the Pelicans would start to kind of chip away at it, get. Because at one point they were down by like 12 or something, and they fought back, were down by only 6, and then Clay Thomas would knock down a 3, and then things would just kind of spiral out of control again. Yeah, I mean, I thought this game was interesting, but I, I mean, I, for me, this wasn't super interesting, because until the fourth quarter, where Anthony Davis really started heating up, and I was honestly expecting like the beginning of the game for him to start you know, heating up and then maybe get cold at the fourth, but they did the exact opposite. He really came up at the end. And I was, man, I was actually really disappointed that he didn't break the, uh, the record for points scored in a debut playoff game, but it was close. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It was one of those games that like, yeah, I think, I, I think, <clears throat> oh, yes. Um, I was going to say Stephen Curry went four for 13 from three. Uh, so I think that kind of looked, Golden State back in. I think that was kind of a bigger takeaway. He still had 34 points, 13 for 25, but still a little kind of low percentage shooting, which it's weird to say, but he also missed three free throws. So little things like that. I think they got complacent towards the end, let the Pelicans back in. 
That being said, I still won't be surprised to see the Pelicans steal a game, but in the same sentiment, Golden State could still, I think, pretty easily run away with this series in four. Yeah, well, it was one of those games, I think, by the end of it was kind of the the, the final score is deceptively close because I really don't think the Pelicans were in it at all. I still think they will take one game, though, in this series. Um, a game where the score was not terribly close to the end of it was the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks with the Bulls beating them 103-91. to um, Is anyone surprised? No, um, not at all. I think... Well, actually, I should say I'm surprised the Bulls actually kind of lived to their potential in game one here. As people know, we are Bulls fans primarily, so we pay close attention. And with this team, I was expecting them to come out a little more flat, to be honest. And yeah, it was it was close in the first. And, you know, there are times where Milwaukee brought it, you know, within a few points. But the Bulls had control of it. Derrick Rose looked like he was in like playoff Derrick Rose mode, which was scary for anyone who's playing him. I think just a lot of the youth showed through on that Bucks roster. Definitely. Um, Justin, do you have anything you wanted to throw in? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that the Bucks were able to keep it so close in the first half. That was really interesting. They, they actually played pretty damn well, so I was impressed with that. But... It's the same thing that happens whenever the Bulls play the Bucks. It's so many unforced turnovers that Stacey King says every time, you can't have this many turnovers against a better team, which if the Bulls, or if or when the Bulls get out of this first round, they have to face the Cavs, they can't be having this many turnovers, especially the unforced ones. So that's the only thing I would highlight. Hopefully they improve on that in the next few games, just reducing those turnovers. And I think that'll definitely increase the margin of victory and everyone will have a good time definitely yeah i mean it it was a thing where i think like the first quarter was very close the bulls only outscored them by one point ending the first quarter 30 to 29 but that second quarter is really where things took a turn for the worst for milwaukee with the bulls putting up eight more points ending at half with the lead 60 to 51 so i mean going up almost uh, double digits going into the half i mean that's really really big for the um chicago bulls um it was a little bit surprising not to see to see uh Pau Gasol not get that many touches really i mean he shot like what 17 shots i think in the game but ended with only 10 points 13 rebounds so by no means is that like a stat line that's like shameful or terrible or anything like that but it was a little bit surprising so yeah. The final game to wrap up Saturday's matchups was the Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks, which Houston beat them 118 to 108. Admittedly, this is actually the game that I did not watch from all the playoff matchups. So I don't know, did you guys watch this game at all, or was it kind of... I watched most of it. Um, Derek is probably my favorite playoff basketball player. I can't get enough of Derek, so I usually have my eyes glued to the Mavericks games. They looked decent in the first half. I think Houston was pretty much leading the whole time. They kind of seemed to have a little bit, like a lot of control over the game. And Dallas did their best to kind of keep pace and uh, keep up. But at the end of the day, they just uh, couldn't do it. Chandler Parsons only had 10 points on five for 15 shooting. Uh, He does not look right either. I would not be surprised if he's still... Uh, if his knee's still kind of messed up and he's playing through an injury. 
And, I mean, Houston was just too much. That's kind of – they were just firing on all cylinders. They All their starters scored in uh, double figures. Dwight Howard had a pretty decent game in limited minutes. He only played, I think, like 15 to 20 minutes. Still had uh, 11 points, 5 rebounds. So, really, I think we're seeing that this Houston Rockets team is a little deeper than we expected just because – every one of their starters is playing really well. And Jason Terry is also in playoff mode and his form of playoff mode, uh, not unlike when he was on the Mavericks. So it looks to me like Houston is going to kind of have a lot of control this series, but still wouldn't be surprised to see it go at least six. And Dallas steals a game or two. Uh, but John, I think you were kind of right. On a couple episodes ago, you had talked about the Dallas and uh, Houston beef. And uh, I think you're right about that a little more than I was willing to believe because Jason Terry was throwing some shots too. Yeah, I heard also the Houston fans were booing Chandler Parsons, which I think is kind of funny considering that he didn't walk away from that team or anything like that. I mean, they didn't give him the money that he felt he deserved, but I don't know. It was kind of funny just hearing about that people were booing him and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but apparently yeah, yeah there's a little bit of that going on. Booing. Really? I'm a yeah. little bit, I'm a little very bit surprised. Loud. You could hear it. It was, yeah, it was, you could hear it like definitely on the, on TV. It was crazy. Was it? But yeah. I mean, I thought the game was, oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead, John. Uh, I was going to say, like, was it on par with the uh, Raptors fans booing Paul Pierce when he went down? The thing is, I missed when the they were booing him there, but I assume it was the same because it was really, really loud. Okay. Like every time he had the ball, it was like United Center when LeBron James has the ball level. Jeez. Yeah. But anyways, I thought the game was interesting in that it seemed like Dirk was having a really hard time, and Rondo started getting really good. There was a point where Rondo really hit his his mark. He was in his stride, which was like, which was great because. Kind of what we talked about is that Rondo coming into the playoffs has to play really well because everyone's expecting playoff Rondo, and if he's not going to be on the team next year, he's got to increase his stock considering how much bad press has been going about him throughout the season. And besides that, I was going to say something about the other team. I was going to say something about the Rockets. Oh, yeah, Josh Smith played really well. I was actually very surprised with how well he does – under the basket, again, his three-point shooting wasn't great, but under the basket, he's he's pretty much a beast. Yeah, no, I mean, that bench for Houston looked really good. I'm looking at the stat line now, and Corey Brewer had 15 points, and, you know, there's a whole quote that came out where he was, like, talking about how it felt good just because he was traded by Dallas a long time ago or whatever. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the, the Rockets look like way more of a force to be reckoned with than I kind of gave them credit for initially, so... It'll be interesting to see how that series shapes up. I mean, it looks like the Rockets probably should be able to take that in, like, what, six games probably? I don't think it'll be five or, like, a sweep or anything like that. Yeah, I say um, Rockets in six, whereas I really I was hoping this was going to be a seven-game series. The Rockets look too deep, and if Dwight Howard just keeps ramping up, which it looks like he's doing, if he's anywhere near full-time minutes, I think this is this could get out of hand, I should say. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other closing comments about that game, or should we move on to yesterday's matchups? On to Sunday. All right, so Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
the first matchup on Sunday was the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I think Celtics going into this, like a lot of NBA fans are probably pulling for the Celtics just because, you know, Brad Stevens is a really great coach. And it's kind of nice to see that team with like a lot of younger players just make a real push for the playoffs and, you know, underdog story, them taking on the Cavaliers, you know, maybe they can steal a game. But the way that that first game played out, didn't bode particularly well for them. I think initially the Celtics looked pretty good in that first quarter, though. I mean, they beat them in the first quarter, 31 to 27. Yeah. Well, I think that was an intensity thing. I think the Cavs kind of expected this to be a cakewalk and the Celtics just came out balls to the wall right away. And once the Cavs kind of adjusted and were like, all right, well, looks like we're going to actually have to try. It was kind of over. Yeah, I mean the the Celtics in general that it's it's a matchup that doesn't bode particularly well for them because anytime the Cavs can go on a scoring run, they have that massive surge that just seems to happen at some point in every single game, win or lose, it is hard to come back from when that happens. Um, even it was interesting because like I was kind of like going on Twitter and like looking through people's comments on the game while it was going on. People were shitting on Kevin Love a lot throughout that game, and um. You know, initially, kind of like off the bat, I was, you know, throwing some shots at him. It was kind of like, oh, like, you know, he's like how bad he's been so far and all that kind of stuff. But by the end of the game, he put up 19 points and had 12 boards. So he didn't have a bad game at all, really. He went two for four from three. And I think if he is shooting 50% from three, kind of regardless of what else is going on, and he puts up at least 10 rebounds, that's a successful game to me from Caleb. They just want him to be a stretch four anyways. They just want him to hang out around the perimeter. So if he's shooting 50% from three, I think that's fine. I think he had a successful game within that team. Yeah, totally. I mean, then even there was like an interview after the game where he even admitted that he had like really bad nerves going into it and stuff, which understandable. I mean, it's your first time playing in the playoffs. And you are on this team that has massive expectations. It's not like they're like a bottom team and no one thinks they're going to go far. I mean, they're a team that is contending for a title. And he's been under criticism the entire year. He has been called the odd man out and people have been lobbing shit at him literally this entire season. He's been under a, like a microscope. So nerves are pretty understandable at this point. Yeah, definitely. And 19 and 12, four assists, like, I don't think you can do much better than that, you know, when you're the third option on a superstar team or a super team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, then you also have to give a shout out to uh, Kyrie Irving, 30 points, only one turnover, five for nine from deep. So he had a hell of a playoff debut. He proved me wrong. I thought he might crack under the playoff pressure, and I will sit here and accept the fact that I was entirely wrong. He totally. shot over 50. Like, this isn't even, like, a garbage 30. He shot 11 for 21, 5 for 9 from 3. Like, really a pretty unbelievable game, to be honest. I, I'm i going to shut my mouth about Kyrie Irving for a little bit. Yeah. Justin, any uh, thoughts on the game? Anything we didn't cover? Um, I mean, the only few things I would talk about is Kelly Olenek playing oh, yeah. pretty damn good. I was very impressed. With mm-hmm. everything he was doing, hustling, three-point shooting, it was, good. it was a good game for him. Uh, Isaiah Thomas obviously played well. I think he has talked about that. It was uh, pretty good, pretty good for him. 
Like it felt like they were significantly better with him on the floor than with whoever they start Avery Bradley. I don't know. Yeah, Marcus um, Smart starting instead of him. Smart. So they're going for player development, it seems. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, still a good idea, I guess, for them. Um, and then the Cavs. Obviously, Kyrie played well. You guys talked about that. Very impressed. Um, and then J.R. Smith played decent and then tackled Kelly Olenek. I thought that was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Old J.R. Smith type thing to do where it's, yeah, I mean, he got called for a touch foul and then he really went for a hard foul. And that was just dumb. So I don't know why. It shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. It no. doesn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, make, it didn't make very much sense at all, really. Wait, you guys, before we move on from this game, I have a quick question. Sure. Since one, since when is Gerald Wallace wasting away at the bottom of the Celtics roster? Two, why is a veteran like him getting a DNP coach's decision in a playoff game? And three, why? Just why in general? Like, why is he there? <laughs> explain, explain this all to me. And how, to, like, how have I missed out on all I, of this? I thought for a second the final the final why was gonna be like contemplating the universe or something, and I was like, "Man, I don't know, I don't know where this is going." I I, w- I thought about it, and then I decided that no, just give me the why. I just want to understand why he's not playing. Like, what's going on? Am I missing something? You know, this is one of those things that prior to the show, if I had thought about it, I would have had some sort of response. But I have nothing. <laughs> well, I just noticed that. So, and anybody who's listening, let me know what's going on with Gerald Wallace. I would expect a vet like him to maybe get like at least a minute. Yeah. Or is so, he just yeah. getting the Nazar Muhammad treatment? Yeah, it must be or something. So, if you have a response to that, feel free to tweet at us at and mw exception because it seems like distressing you a little bit isn't it yeah i i'm really just thrown off right now uh i feel like i probably should have like remember that he was on the celtics but i guess the biggest thing to me is why is like luigi de tome getting the garbage minute or <laughs> yeah like, i don't know i'm curious that's all i guess they've got a pretty yeah, they've got a decently deep team. I, you know, when you look yeah. at it. Sorry, this is way off track. No, it's, um, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, we're. I think we're we're avoiding talking about the inevitable game that no one really wants to talk about, but we're obligated to. The uh, I Brooklyn guess. Nets and the Atlanta Hawks played a basketball game on Sunday, and the Atlanta Hawks, unsurprisingly, won ninety nine to ninety two. So this is the part where. We have to contemplate very carefully how we want to talk about this game. Do we talk about what Brooklyn did wrong? Or do we want to talk about what Atlanta did right? Or do we just name off a single player who was really good for Atlanta? If we're going to do the last one, I think it has to be Kyle Korver. Uh, Yeah, that was going to be... I've got uh, two takeaways. One, Kyle Korver remains a stud. And two... It's stupid that Brooklyn actually made it close towards the end because it forced me to tune in because it was the only game that was close. Yeah, it was a, it, you know, just I, I tuned in for the first like, few minutes. At a certain point, like, I had my my ice cream with me and I was kind of sitting on the couch. And I'm like, why, why am I doing this right now? Like, this isn't good basketball. We know how this is going to end. And then I saw Atlanta was starting to come back towards the end. And I was like, oh, maybe I should really tune back in. And this thing I threw it on and then. I was like, I was half paying attention, which is lazy and bad, and obviously we're supposed to maintain some sort of actual like opinion that's 
justified by facts and information, but like, fuck, dude, who really wants to watch that? You know, like, Justin, did you watch any of this game or no? Yeah, I watched some. Um, big takeaways was the passing for the Hawks, obviously, was freaking on another level compared to the Nets. Yeah. And Brooke Lopez played pretty good. Did he? he? Yeah, he played pretty well. I felt like, I feel like everybody also feels like this, is that they should have fed him more, mm-hmm. gotten him a little bit more, especially being the big guy. I felt like he could have taken Al Horford a little better than everybody else's matchup. But, yeah. I mean, oh, they also did, uh, the Nets did a pretty good job keeping Kyle Korver away for a while. I don't really remember if at the end of the game they did that. But in the beginning, Kyle Korver wasn't getting many shots. So it was good for them, at least silver yeah. lining. But something obviously at some point fell off. But yeah, I'm looking at Brooke Lopez's line. 17 points, 14 boards in 36 minutes. So that's not bad. I guess you know he's kind of had he's gonna kind of like have to be the guy that they go to in the in the post and yeah I don't know yeah. I mean he's the guy who kind of fell off a little bit just because he was injured for so long mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited for him to get back and okay. play at a high level so it's it's really nice totally yeah um a slightly more interesting game depending on how you look at it I mean Portland is so beaten up as a team that it's like hard to get really hyped for where we're going out with them but portland and memphis played uh memphis won 100 to 86 yeah another one of those games that just there wasn't really a ha- like a hell of a lot going on because like going again going into it you kind of knew where this was gonna go the only quarter where portland really did anything was in the fourth quarter when they put up 24 points in comparison to memphis's 14 but at that point the game was so out of reach anyway, you know. Um, Memphis was able to play some good lockdown defense, held them to only 34% uh, field goal percentage. So, yeah, Grant, did you watch this game? Yeah, um, actually, I was going to say, you know how I was saying that uh, Kyrie Irving's 30 points wasn't like a garbage 30 points? Yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge's 30 points was kind oh. of a garbage 30 points yep. in this game. He was 13 for 34 and played 42 minutes and put up 32 points. <laughs> Again, I don't want to shit on LaMarcus Aldridge. I, th- I still think he's a, a great player, but I think that the Trailblazers are gassed. I think, again, they're just too hurt. They're relying too much on their starters. I like their CJ McCollum played 37 minutes as as their worst starter in this game, and their bench players didn't exceed 15 minutes. Any you know, and that was Crab coming off the bench. They're just relying on their starting five too much, and when two of your starters only put up two points, one of which going one for eight from the field, you're just you're not going to be able to win games. Um, and this, I mean, this was really a beatdown. I'll be willing to say. The Nets-Hawks game was almost more entertaining than this one. I was thoroughly disappointed with the Trailblazers-Grizzlies game. Yeah, I mean, the I guess the silver, not really silver line, but the the light at the end of the tunnel for the Trailblazers is that Aaron Aflalo should be back in the next game. There's a lot of rumors rolling around that he'll come back. But um, yeah, just it was just one of those games that was kind of hard to watch because again it's like this inevitable doom that we all knew where this was going to go I think I guess everyone was kind of just looking forward to the final matchup of the night which didn't really prove to be much better um, 
Justin, do you have anything you want to throw in about Memphis and Portland? Uh, Zach Randolph. I really like the way he was playing. Um, Marcus Hall, obviously, also very good. Mm-hmm. And Mike, was it Mike Conley who had the broken foot? Yes, I believe so. Because that was really impressive, the way he was playing with that. And, yeah, it just seemed like uh, Marcus Aldridge was getting really frustrated throughout the game. Um, what's his name? Damian Lillard wasn't really getting anything. And, yeah, Memphis was just able to grind it out. And, yeah, I mean, it's also kind of not fair because I didn't really realize how injured Portland was. Yeah. They're so injured and it's insane. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm not even sure they'll be able to take a game, but I uh, guess maybe they could if Marcus and Damian Lillard get hot at the right time, score like 50 points each. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so the um, the final game of the night was the San Antonio Spurs, world champion San Antonio Spurs, I guess you could say, against the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Man, I was feeling so confident about San Antonio going into this game. Like, I was hyped. I was confident they were going to pull out and get a win. Danny Green was going to light them up from deep, but uh, not the case at all, really. The Clippers ended up winning 107-92. to And, you know, outside of a couple of little surges where the Spurs would kind of fight back, there really wasn't very much going on for them throughout this game. I mean... The one notable thing going into it was Thiago Splitter did come back for this game coming off of an injury, but he only played 10 minutes. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was a disappointing game because I wanted it to be a lot closer than it was, but as Grant kind of had mentioned to us like privately in our chat and stuff, and even earlier like last week or something, it's like the Clippers have been playing some pretty good defense as of lately. And I, yeah, I, the big discrepancy in this game was... The Spurs shot 36% and the Clippers shot 51%. And from three, the Spurs shot 30% and the Clippers shot 55%. And the Spurs went 14 for 26 from the free throw line. Everything about that is extremely unspurs-like. I expect them to get it together and this to be a more competitive series. I'm ready to make my way-too-early playoff MVP prediction. Okay. And it's Chris Paul because yep. that guy looked unbelievable mm-hmm. last night. Just a monster. I, I think, I mean, he's been playing like this for a lot of this season. Uh, again, he deserved a shout out MVP vote. Um, but wow, he is playing when it matters and he really, really shone last night. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul was my kind of dark horse MVP pick. For this season, I mean, he won't get it. It's going to go to either, uh, as we kind of determined, Harden or Curry. But it can't be ignored how well he's been performing this season. It looks like this postseason, he's going to be just as good. So, I mean, like I'm kind of looking at like the stat line from this game to see if there's any really notable things we have to look at. I mean, obviously, one of the notable things has to be the free throw shooting for. DeAndre Jordan, because of course Popovich decided to employ that strategy. He uh, shot 12 free throws for the game, and obviously the strategy didn't work terribly well. I mean, ultimately he only did shoot 5 for 12 from the uh, charity stripe. Yeah, their whole team was just shooting lights out from everywhere, though. It didn't matter. Like, they didn't have any bench production besides Jamal Crawford, which can barely call a bench player and he was ridiculous he went seven for ten yeah. um 
But there was a really, really entertaining part of this game. And um, it's Gift and Vine and everything. And it's Austin Rivers just dribbling around and wasting a possession. And it's one of the most hilarious things you could watch. He just um, runs down to the baseline, across the court, comes back towards the paint, and tries to pass it into the paint, and just like throws it <laughs> off a Spurs leg right into their hands. And I, that was that. And it was amazing to watch. I'll need to find that. That sounds really funny. I thought you were going to bring up the thing where Blake Griffin dunked 10 Baines like, twice in the game. Or oh, something like that. I, I see. Okay. A lot of people are hype on that. Yeah. I'm not because I was watching Blake pull kind of bitchy moves on Baines and flopping and like pulling the thing where you like you pull the guy into you and you fall, you pretend like he's holding on to you. So Blake was pulling a lot of bitchy moves before that. So I couldn't even get hype when he was dunking all over Aaron Baines because of the shit he was doing. And I don't know. That pulled me out of it. Again, it's one of those things. It's part of the the Clippers hate like I want to like the Clippers but then you watch them do stuff like that and it's, it's still frustrating and I know that's off topic but I felt the need to say it because yeah. me and my roommate were just watching that kind of flabbergasted that some of these calls were going against Baines when it was Blake like blatantly shoving him yeah definitely um yeah I mean for the Spurs really the only guy who got anything going was Kawhi Leonard 18 points six boards but yeah I don't know just a very un unspurs like game yeah, it was. It was. I think it was the defense, really, that really bothered them. I don't think they expected that much defense coming from the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, going to the next game, though, you know, Popovich is gonna make the proper adjustments to that team, and I think we still can get a really good series out of this. So, if you're one of those people who were really discouraged after watching this, don't worry. I think everything will be okay. You'll still get some good basketball out of it, even if you're gonna be upset about Hack of Jordan and all that stuff, which is not gonna go away. This is definitely, gonna, this definitely is gonna be the whole fucking this is gonna be the whole fucking playoff series, probably. I'm still entertained by Hack of DeAndre, to be honest. I find it great. I liked it last night too, because it would happen like right after he just would swat a ball into the fifth row. Yeah. And then Pop would immediately quiet the crowd by like fouling him and try to throw him off his game. And to DeAndre's credit, he went in and he he hit some big free throws. Like, yeah, he like we saw he went five for 12 but there was i think he he at least made one pair and he went up and he hit a few of them so props to him and also it's a it's, again remember it's a mind game so when he's all hype on the defensive end blocking everybody's shot it's smart to follow him because then you get in his head a little bit and he's not as motivated and he's not going to come and get a patented chris paul pass and dunk all over over aaron baines like blake was so it's a part of the game and get used to it yeah. Um, any closing comments for that game? Yeah. DeAndre Jordan. I still love DeAndre Jordan. That's about it. Good. You should like him. He's a good player. I like DeAndre Jordan too. Um, I feel like I lied to everyone saying this is a mini podcast. We're at the 40 minute mark right now. There's room to cut out some of my ramblings. Eh, well, are, are worth welcome it. to the regular podcast. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of just turned into a regular podcast, which is fine, but we'll still mark it as a mini episode because we didn't come up with a clever name or anything for this one. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't have a name, it can't uh, be an official episode. Exactly. So, um, yeah, anything else you guys want to say? Or are we good to kind of sign off on this thing? I think, uh, we're good to go. I think we're good to sign it off. Cool. So um, feel free to rate us on iTunes, on Pocket Casts, um yeah subscribe to us also follow us on twitter mw exception and also 
We are partnered up with Death Pen Radio, as we mentioned last time, so you can go on there, listen to our podcast on there via SoundCloud, and also check out their website. They have a lot of kind of like up-to-the-minute NBA news. I mean, if you look at their Twitter feed, they are consistently reposting things like different vines of cool dunks and Austin Rivers dribbling around like an idiot and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, definitely check out deafpenradio.com. Death is spelled D-E-F. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's, not really this week's podcast, but this uh, mini-sode. Later in the week, we'll drop a normal podcast, I think, right? Or we can do another mini-episode, probably. Might be doing minis for a while, but as you can see, minis aren't that many. There's just going to be an array of cast members, and they're coming on different days. Yeah, they're, they're deceptively many. Not really deceptively, because they aren't many. Anyway, that's all from us. Thank you very much, and continue to enjoy the NBA playoffs. Bye.